Hello and welcome to episode 3. Just a quick note before we start off, in this episode we talk about some things that have continuity and that have some potential for spoilers, so this is just a warning that if you have any concerns about that sort of thing, just check ahead before we go in. Alrighty-o, on with the show! Hello and welcome to the Thrown In at the Shallow End podcast, episode 3. I'm your host, Robert McGinn, and this episode I'm joined by Milos Kachkin. Hello! And this week we have a slight divergence from our previous episodes. We're not doing an album review. No, no, no. Would you like to introduce what you asked me to read, just to give it a bit of a clue? Uh, I asked you I asked you to read a, a manga comic, specifically Delicious in Dungeon. And you were nice enough to ask me to uh, to watch... 12 hours of uh, Zumbo's Just Desserts. <laughs> I was, but we'll get to that later. Oh, we will. We'll save that for, for afters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, my first question about Delicious and Dungeon is going to be... The first question I'm going to ask you is the same question that everyone asked me when I mentioned that I was reading a manga called Delicious and Dungeon, and that is... Have you ever seen a vagina? <laughs> Sorry. Um, they asked, well, they, they typically asked, is that some sort of sex thing? <laughs> and the answer is slightly. <laughs> I include in that, by the way, Amazon. When I looked into buying it on Amazon, one of the suggestions was a manual for a particular lifestyle, if you're into that. <laughs> so do you buy the case and the pillow separately? <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so it was um, a manga... Um, do you know what? It's also called Dungeon Meshi. Yes, the original Japanese. Yeah. Do you know what Meshi actually means? No, I don't actually. I looked into this. It's actually quite interesting. Because it literally, I think, means cooked rice. <laughs> but it also, it can be used to mean meal or food. Okay, or any kind of thing like that. Yeah, so it's like dungeon food. Huh. Yeah, that makes about right. So yeah, so I always thought the English translation was a little bit broken, because obviously it comes across as delicious in dungeon, which I was like, I'm yeah. sure there's meant to be a the in there they just haven't put in. <laughs> and then now they're like so deep they can't change it. There are there are a few interesting translation quotes in there. Yes, yes, I'm sure we come across them. I like I <laughs> I always tend to read a fair bit of manga, so in my mind it kind of glazes over a lot of these translation errors because I'm like, oh, it's just the way it is. But obviously this being one of your first experiences, you'll pick up on absolutely all of them. So I'm curious to see what you came up with later on. Well, I say that, I say that. It's, um, it actually got less and less prevalent as I um, worked through it because like the first like two volumes or two chapters, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was every, like every so often it would be like, oh, like, don't talk like it's tips from grandma or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But I just—I don't know if they stopped having them in in the later chapters, or I just stopped noticing it. Yeah, because it's remarkable how because the first chapter, reading right to left as you need to do, mm-hmm. completely threw my brain. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a head screw. But it was like immediately, like by chapter three, I was like, oh, fine, this is absolutely fine. I could do this. Yeah, that's exactly it. But then the but then the worst part is when you go back to reading like normal comics or normal books, you're like, oh, <laughs> God damn it, I've been ruined. <laughs> the, re- the the speech order is completely out of whack. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Just ridiculous. The first proper question I've got for you then mm-hmm. is, um, how did you come across this manga series? Oh, well, it's sort of. Well, I was reading. I didn't come across this. Well, there was uh, as, as 
as happens as happens to most uh, to most nerds of a certain age, they're walking around a comic book convention, and there's a friendly mm. overweight man with a beard surrounded by a pile of manga books, and he just happens and a belly like a bo- shakes like a bowl full of jelly, <laughs> and a big bushy beard, a great big bushy beard. <laughs> beard. He looks me in the eye, slaps his stomach, and says, "I got something <laughs> delicious for you." He reaches down his <laughs> pants and pulls out delicious in dungeon. <laughs> And then is jumped by three security guards <laughs> and dragged out the building. Oh, uh, but it was at, it was at, it was at a comic book convention in Glasgow, and I ended up ended up just running across this. I'd seen some articles about it before, and uh, and they and there was a guy from um, it was uh, it was Traveling Man, I think it was. He was um, he had a big collection of manga stalls and was just kind of around there. So I sort of popped popped onto there, and that just caught my eye because again, I'd just seen it kicking about in articles, and I thought, well, this is clearly an interesting comic and interesting premise, and yeah, they. It turns out way better than I thought it would be. Oh, nice! Because obviously, it seems like a bit of a shallow premise to begin with. Obviously, just eating dungeon food, but they run with it and it grows arms and legs. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, the um, well, I think we'll get into the actual nitty gritty of it in, it in just a second. But the um, the other question I had is um, so using this as a sort of introduction to manga in general, what's your familiarity with the whole world of manga and like printed Japanese? Oh man, that's all that. It's a, it's a rabbit hole that goes that that goes that that goes really really bloody deep. So it's the kind of thing okay. of obviously of obviously if you try and say you're an expert, there'll always be someone who's like read the more obscure stuff and the more yeah. in the original Japanese and yada yada. So I want to make no pretenses. Shops, not tops. <laughs> yeah. So I want to make sure I want to make no pretenses that I'm like the fucking definitive authority. I'm not. I sort of just got. I started being a lot of like Western comics. Got into a lot of stuff like Saga, Lock and Key. Just a lot of Sandman, all that kind of stuff. And I found I was enjoying uh, the quiet moments more. And it was when I started watching anime films. Stuff like Ghost in the Shell is a really good example where they have a lot of scene-to-scene transitions, world-building, that kind of stuff. I really, really enjoyed that. And um, then I kind of, uh, reading around, I noticed that a lot of it came from the mangas. So that's when I started reading mangas. I started going into them from that angle because I enjoyed a lot more of the world-building, a lot more of the quiet moments and the character interactions. Oh, right. Yeah so, yeah, so yeah, yeah, so it kind of came from that. Um, that kind of got me to read more into manga, and I've read a lot of the, a lot, a lot of some of the classic or the bigger stuff, stuff like Assassination Classroom, Hunter x Hunter, uh, blah blah blah. Where's my notes? Notes, notes, notes. Charlatan. He's consulting <laughs> notes. <laughs> stuff, stuff, stuff like uh, Assassination Classroom, Hunter, Hunter x Hunter, but I never really got into the stuff like uh, Naruto or Bleach because uh, yeah, that was just sort of like before my time, before I got into it. But there's also like some of the so, 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 some more obscure stuff that I really enjoyed stuff like Master Keaton, which is sort of a detective um, Indiana Jonesy type uh, type book. So it's like James Bond, Indiana Jones, and Sherlock had a baby, and then <laughs> he was an Englishman living in Japan, and he's got a Japanese uh, father and an English mother, and it's like how the two relate together. And he goes around the world solving crimes for Lloyd's of London. Yes, the bank. Yeah, the bank, Lloyd's of London. He's an insurance. <laughs> uh, he's an insurance like investigator for them. So many. That's the thing I have noticed when looking into this sort of world in general. Yeah. just the the premises mm-hmm. are so interesting. Yeah, exactly, and they do so much with them. Like, uh, like yeah, like with Master Keaton, like some volumes it will be a detective book that he'll be jumping around like different countries. Uh, jumping around different countries, solving action-packed mysteries. Some things he'll be, like, rekindling his relationship with his father by, like, finding this one type of mint that their mum used to make for the summer pudding that she, like, planted a patch of somewhere in their, like, local farm or something. <laughs> so it's really, yeah, it's, like, two extremes. So that's kind of what I like a lot about manga, is it's not afraid to do the character-focused stuff, it's not afraid to do the action-y stuff, which is where I think Delicious and Dungeon does a really good job of jumping between the two. Hmm. Well, actually, we can use that as a jumping-in point, actually, I think. Yeah. Um, so if we just go through... 
uh, we need to break it up by chapter by chapter but we've got up, yeah. I've gone as far as volume one as a good introduction yeah. and I suppose we can just sort of go through the broad storyline of what happens yeah absolutely uh, so, uh, yeah, so sort of the breakdown is you have um, Laius or Lias. No, I never quite figured out how to pronounce it. I look for pronunciation and both seem to be correct. I mean, I've, I'm going by the Wikipedia. They give the Japanese pronunciation. Ryosu. I'm going to try it once and that was it. I'm done. Lias. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going with Lias. Yeah. I mean, I have a profoundly Eastern European childhood, learned to speak Serbian, which has prepared me wildly inadequately for Japanese pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't even begin to try and pronounce it. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah so Lias, Lias is part of an adventuring party, mm-hmm. and uh, they they descend they descend to this dungeon that's opened up under a small um, under a small village, and it ends up being a case that someone pops up from this dungeon saying, "Oh, there's a curse." There's a curse here, uh, but there's a city of gold underneath. If you guys get far enough, you can you can find the city of gold. So this village becomes an adventuring hub. People go down to the dungeon, and uh, it has very much video gamey rules. That if you die in the dungeon, you just start back up at the top. You don't actually die for real. So these adventurers have gone through like multiple deaths and learned like multiple strategies through the dungeon. Yeah, that was going to be my question. That they do. Yeah, they don't explicitly mention that. They, as far as I'm aware, they just sort of reference a few times, like, "Oh, this is where I died that one time." Yeah, exactly. Like it was very video gamey type rules, which again was part of the reason why I um, why why I kind of recommended this to you because we had that um, we had that game of D and D. Uh, back in the day together and you guys were really good at thinking outside the box <laughs> that's <laughs> so, very diplomatically put fucking ruining my campaign <laughs> <laughs> that's like you know, the, but you guys are very good at thinking outside the box and I was like oh this would be the kind of thing that you would probably end up trying inside a, inside a D&D type dungeon so I was like right, I'll recommend this to you for that fact and also, and also partly because you're talking about food wars so I was like it's like two come together that's the thing the D&D comparisons really come across if you've got any experience with Dungeons and Dragons and you read this that really comes yeah. across all the different classes forming a party and trying to have this big adventure and coming up with mad harebrained solutions to these problems. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it very much does feel like there's a dungeon master behind there being very creative with very <laughs> weird puzzles and weird stuff. Or it does feel like the dungeon master has created this intricate like trap room and the players have just <laughs> shot all over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, memories. But I suppose the um, the main sort of prelude to the whole story is where uh, Laius... What is it, Laius? Uh, like, pick, pick, pick one and stick to it, I don't really mind. We'll go with Laius. Laius. So, um, the party with Laius and his sister Farin. Yes. Um, they are attacked by the Red Dragon. Yes, yes. So they descend They descend quite deep into the dungeon. They they go they go further than most people have gone and get to the Red Dragon. Laius' sister uh, Farin is then eaten by the Red Dragon. And, uh, and they get completely party wiped and sent back to the beginning. They lose all their gear, all their money. But but his sister is not transported back because the red dragon only eats once a month. So she sits in his belly, basically being digested, and he this now becomes a race to get down to that floor of the dungeon without any money, any gear, any anything to rescue to rescue his sister before she ends up getting digested. And there's the whole sort of will they won't they question over will she actually die for real if she's digested? Yeah, this was going to be my question that if everyone just regenerates when they die. Why is there a big concern to get Farin? Will she not just appear when she dies? Exactly, exactly. I was thinking this, and I'm not sure if it might just be quick deaths, but if you're actually like dissolved and nutriated, then it might not be the same. Mm. I suppose it also might be answered later after Volume One. Potentially, so. potentially. So I had this, I had this thought as well, and that was the only conclusion I could come to because I was like, "There's two schools of thought. Either they've completely overlooked this and they're rushed to kind of write a, a food-based manga, or they've, or they've just gone right. Fuck it, we'll answer it later." <laughs> Either or. All will be revealed. Yes, lays into my tome. <laughs> but you'll have to buy more. 
Anyway, but yeah, so they um they're they're back at the start and they have no money yeah. and no well limited money, limited food, limited friends, limited friends. Well, two of their friends do abandon them. Two of the party just leave. They join another party. So that just leaves uh, Laius, Marcel, yep. and Chilchak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Chilchak was kind of how I was how you know, I got it. Yeah, yeah. So Marcel is the kind of wizardy druid type person who obviously loves all nature and is very arrogant, almost thinks she knows everything, and also insecure at the same time. And Chilchuk is like the halfling rogue type character, very much a lone wolf, but has been forced into the situation because he has no combat ability. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. But he's stealthy as hell. He knows all his traps. So they're kind of like a semi-reluctant party. Yeah. Yeah. And in order to advance, because they have no money for food, yeah. Laius hits upon the idea of... I say hits upon yeah, the idea. Yeah. He, suge- he suggests <laughs> yeah, he, that they just yeah. cook and eat the animals inside. Yeah, he doesn't hit upon the idea. This is clearly something he's been meditating and stewing on for a while. Yeah. And this clearly addresses like an underlying thing Laius has had for quite some time <laughs> and just hasn't vocalized, which is like a really weird subplot that I've never quite like wrapped my head around. It's just the entire time been sort of like been like fighting off a giant scorpion, but also in the back of his head going, hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's literally it. That's that's what he does. So yeah, so yeah, so, so, yeah, so the four of them, the four of them form party, decide to try and get his sister back, even even though even though she may or may not regenerate. We're we're out on the park on that one. The, the three of them, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the yeah. moment. Yep, Marcel, Chilchug, and Leia. So they go down into the into the dungeon to try and in like the first few floors, or to possibly see see how far they can get, or try and just push the dungeon, and they end up bumping into a uh, Senshi who is a dwarf with a big black beard, a giant wok on his back, and big is essentially... Bushy beard! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Take a shot every time you make that joke. <laughs> so we end up, they end up bumping into Senshi, who is essentially, for all intents and purposes, the Gandalf of cooking, and that's kind of how I've always thought of it. I've found the subtitle for this episode. <laughs> the Gandalf of cooking. Yeah, so he ends up... So, 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 so he ends up basically having mastered, um, or at the very least, dived headfirst into Leia's dream of eating in the dungeon he's he's like worked out the dungeon ecosystem he knows he, he knows how to combine everything and he sort of just is the man when it comes when it comes to cooking in the dungeon and he is what makes the dungeon delicious <laughs> he's also but he's like also like a nutritionist yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just sort of like you're having too much protein you've not had enough fat you're gonna have poor energy like oh no. yeah we need to find these basilisk eggs to, eggs to get the fat from them <laughs> Like you can't live off dried meat and wine. That's why so many adventurers <laughs> fail. <laughs> Need vegetables. Yeah, that's why. I, that was the th- that was that was the part that really got me into it. It wasn't like like the whole premise was interesting, but the whole point where he's just they start breaking down the food composition. Yeah, they really go like head first. Like when I when I picked up the manga, when I picked up yeah, the manga, it was like a slim volume, and I was like, oh, you know, this won't have too much in it. It'll just be like a quick little read, like a joke, and they just <laughs> poof, they just dive, dive, dive into it. They do like the food diagrams for every meal they prepare. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And they're, but they're like not even like simple meals. Like you have stuff like a scorpion hot pot where he goes into like slicing the shell of the scorpion so the actual juices and stuff go through it. Or he, um, but the, the deep fried food. Uh, tempura. I think it was was it tempura. But anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. They got mandrake and they chopped it up and then they deep fried it in the um, using using the fire traps in the wok and they use like the oil from the fire traps because they were like, oh, this was an olive producing region, so it's probably olive oil. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? Like they really went with this. Like the one, um, the, the one that got me was uh, the slime. Yeah, which is like we can dry it out in this thing I've built from my back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like patent pending slime dryer, and then they get the gelatin from that. And like a savory tart which is just like i was just reading this going like my god this is insane but it's so good 
I was also surprised at the occasional dark humour that it brings in. Like when they, they meet the two adventurers fighting the basilisk and they are losing, so they help them out. Mm-hmm. And they teach them everything, like, ah, oh, you need to learn how to do this. And then they're like, oh, one day we'll be as good as you. And then the next panel, they get eaten by a plant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a plant <laughs> with, like, a helmet on the floor and someone's leg sticking out of it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a weeping bell, basically, with the legs, like, sticking out. <laughs> they had, um, like, the... <laughs> yeah, like, this kind of, like, there's one thing I was going to touch on. Uh, it jumps between light, whimsical humour and it's kill or be killed in the dungeon. <laughs> Like, it's really, like, two extremes. It's like a middle ground. Like, sometimes reading this, like, happy little panel at the end of it, it'll just be, like, this serious look of, like, we came so close to death today. <laughs> well, like, just, like, where they fight the living armour. Yeah, that was insane. But in in the flashback, when like, someone just goes up to it and then just gets stabbed right through the neck. <laughs> yeah. Between two panels, just, like, nothing. Shook! And then, like, oh, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was Leia's original party. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it... The living armor was just a, such a good example of the creativity in the food. Like when they did it, like steamed three ways, and they had like all the different bits of the armor. And like Leia's initial reaction of like, "Do you think we could eat the armor?" <laughs> and since she kind of looks at him like, "No, are you are you, are you dumb? You can't eat metal." Yeah, it's like, what about leather? And it's like, why would you want to eat leather? <laughs> <laughs> you can, but why? I don't. Yeah, does does, does talking does talking about how they prepared the living armor count as a spoiler warning? No, I don't think so. I mean, suppose I'll put a spoiler warning at the start of this. We did, we're going to discuss the yeah yeah. I mean, yeah I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But it's like how they do the living armor when they have it as oysters Rockefeller basically <laughs> with armor, and then as um, what's that? it's a seafood chowder where they just pry it out of the bits between the leather and the armor. Yeah, it, I was just constantly like won over by how inventive it was and how it wasn't yeah. what I anticipated. I thought it was going to be just full of, oh, we kill a pig, we eat the pig thing, we, eat that, <laughs> we kill a mushroom thing, we eat the mushroom thing, but like, oh no. Yeah. No, no, no. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like we kill a mushroom thing and then we kill like a scorpion and use the mushroom as part of the broth and then also get like juices from the algae on the wall. And it's like, whoa, whoa, what is happening here? Again, it's relentlessly creative, I feel, is the word. I think my, my favourite part of it, though, was the constant... Not bickering, but the butting heads of Marcel and Senshi. Yeah. Given that they come from two drastically different viewpoints. Exactly. I I, I don't know if uh, butting heads is the right word. I think Marcel is just incredibly insecure about Senshi coming along and undermining her like worldview. Uh, that's, that's a fair point. I think, it, but he is ruining her worldview, as you say. Like she's into like, oh, the animals. Yeah. I'm in touch with nature. And he's like, kill it and eat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it breathes, I'm eating it. <laughs> if it has a soul, I'll eat it. <laughs> That's basically, yeah, it's, it's so vastly different. And then obviously she's come from that whole academy thing where they have unlimited resources and they can do whatever they want. Like the Mandrakes. The Mandrake, yeah. It was one where they had like a trained dog and they tie like a rope around the dog's neck and the poor the poor dog would die pulling out the Mandrake because the Mandrake would scream and kill everything around it. Which is kind of like, oh, that was a bit sad. Meanwhile, Senshi yeah. was just like, nah, just chop the head off so I can't scream. That's <laughs> <laughs> like beautiful. Love it. <laughs> but then he learns he learns a lesson. Yeah, that he, yeah. That Marcel is actually right. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Because the mandrakes on the screen, they let out some of the bitterness, so they taste better. Senshi is one of those characters, I think, where he's very entertaining, but I think I would be in, in t- eternally frustrated by him. Oh, yeah. Because like, I know what I'm doing. Like, there's traps in this room. Oh, I'll be fine. Stunk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's a sound effect they actually use. <laughs> when they use, like, the um, the falling guillotine trap to just cut and prepare some meat. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, just keep setting off the trap. Like, I'll get I'll get the oil cooking. Like, oh, no. It's going to end so badly. But yeah, but yeah, but yeah, that was the one. That was the one with Chillock. I think Chillock and Senshi have the most, like, comfort confliction 
because Chillic's work requires him to be like alone and like in touch with the room and probably working out this puzzle. Meanwhile, Senshi is like uh, just a wrecking ball, basically. <laughs> just comes into a room like, well, now what? One thing I did notice, though, which was counter to what I uh, expected going into a manga, which I've not, I've not read mangas, but I've been to manga shops. <laughs> you go online and you ha- you build up this image. Yeah. Yeah. Does the image involve double Ds usually? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the um, one thing that they didn't do in Volume 1 is that there's no... Uh, romance subplot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that. Like, there's no romance. There's no like. Um... Well, that's not. That's not what the story's about. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of like what is really nice. And yeah, again, what I was saying earlier, like the stuff with all the characterization, the characters coming together and focusing on one concept and almost building the world and building the characters with them. That's one thing I really enjoy with manga, and that's what I find like a lot of like fan servicey stuff almost takes away from. Like there is just like let's just have like the panty shot, and it's yeah. why. Oh, I didn't think there's going to be Dungeon Meshy Rule 34. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, the Living Armour would be pretty fucking horrendous. (laughs) This Rule 34. There's got got to be one of them in that comp piece. I'm going to get inside you, literally. Oh, mm. (laughs) mmm. It's too early in the morning for this. (laughs) Just going to throw up in my mouth a little bit. Yeah. I don't know why I was previously acting like I was above it. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no, no one's above it. But it is, yeah, you're right. Like One of the interesting parts is there is no romance subplot. It just focuses on the food and them adventuring and saving a sister. It's a very kind of almost like focused story, I kind of want to say. Yeah, it really is. I mean, at least for volume one. Yeah, there'll probably be some sort of romance or something introduced later on. Possibly. I mean, I am going to read the, the following volumes because... Oh, I'm happy. I'm happy it's got its calls into. Yeah, I'm really into it as well because it's it's just an interesting premise that I want to see resolved. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like, I reread it. Um, I reread it and I was kind of like, why didn't I read more of this? Like, I need to go on volumes three and four now. Well, that was the thing. I think you initially went like, ah, oh, there's only one volume. And I was just like, apparently there's five. Like, <gasps> yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, because I only ran across like the one volume of it like last year at a comic book convention, yeah. and I never bothered to look any deeper. It just kind of stuck with me as a really cool thing. So when you suggested, like, oh, do you have anything interesting on this podcast? I was like, this. This is completely <laughs> unique. <laughs> and it's, I think it, it, this is like a really good introduction as well, because it's mm-hmm. not full of, like, people think manga, and they do think... <laughs> I, I do genuinely think, I because I had the same thought, that a lot of people would immediately associate it all with hentai and that kind of thing. Mm, yeah. And body odour. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it's the kind of thing as well, like, obviously, like, a lot of my hobbies are obviously, like, you have, like, oh, well, <laughs> oh, I read, like, manga, I also read, like, comics, and I play Magic the Gathering. <laughs> and juggle. Yeah, exactly. And at some point you have to be like, no, I need to buck this fucking trend. <laughs> oh, but yeah, but yeah but like, uh, like, if you still a lot of hobbies, you're initially like, oh, this is pretty bad. And then you get more into it and go, like, no, actually, it's fine. It's not, like, as bad as the extreme outliers make it seem. Well, it was like when um, the first time I went to the manga shop, I believe it was with the U in Birmingham. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nostalgia Comics. Oh, no, no, not even Nostalgia Comics. I mean, like, Little Tokyo. Oh, God, yeah, Tokyo Toys. Oh, Tokyo Toys, sorry, yes. Yeah, 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 the one that was opposite our office. Yeah, no, Nostalgia Comics is fine. That's just, like, people who enjoy board games. It's a bit far away, but that's the only problem. Little Tokyo is what I imagined yeah, it would be like the whole time. Yeah, the, yeah, the, problem, the, the, the problem is you get people who have these hobbies as part of their lives, yeah. and you get people who have these hobbies as their lives, <laughs> and that's the kind of, that's where the divide is, because you have to have, like, a healthy relationship with the things you like. Yeah. I mean, even then, they can they, they do them. That's You do you. That's totally cool, you know? Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. I agree. I agree with that. But at some point when you're like, okay, 
you're not like bathing or looking after yourself or like <laughs> keeping stable finances and just like then i don't know there's just part of me as well though like i try and be completely open-minded and accepting oh yeah there is part of me that's just sort of like it doesn't affect me you know if they enjoy it and they enjoy it in a healthy way that's totally okay then but there's also just part of me yeah, like, i agree with you but there's also but that, that, that is what i truly believe that is my core belief on the on the issue I also, however, just think, <laughs> have a point of going like, it's just fucking weird, though, isn't it? It's just yeah. really fucking weird. Exactly. Like, you have to, you have to be able to kind of appreciate the weirdness, <laughs> or like take a step back and go like, yeah, that is fucking weird, but I love it anyway. It's fine. Oh yeah, I mean, I like lots of weird stuff, so I, mm-hmm. I, I know it sounds more judgy than I intend it. Mm-hmm. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Yeah, pretty much. But it's like horses for courses. It really is fine. But then I also have that part of me that looks like, oh, it's like a. It's a hanger for your cosplaying costume, but it has the cutout of the head of the character on it. Like, oh, it's just... Yeah, it's like, it's weird, but like, you, you do you, but it's weird. But as long as you recognise the fact it's weird, it's fine. <laughs> or, or don't. Just tell, tell me I'm completely wrong and I'm off base, but it's still what I think, dang it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. I acknowledge I'm wrong for thinking it, but dang it, I still think it. <laughs> if you feel too passionately about something in a way you want to express it, someone's going to think it's weird. That's yeah. kind of like the way it is. That's, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you do get people to take it to the extreme outliers, which I think is what then people associate with a lot of like, oh, I'm going reading a manga comic it's like uh-huh this is coming from two people who do geology as well yeah i know just sort of like oh look at the litharelics in this like that. fucking fucking love rocks love rocks <laughs> and soil yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you like that silty loam oh god oh. oh i got like chills it's bad <laughs> they're multiplying <laughs> okay oh, um okay. but yeah Christ. so i suppose uh on the topic of dungeon mesh, you're delicious in dungeon. Yeah, I don't think that if you if you if you enjoy the concept of if you really like cooking or if you enjoyed anything like Hannibal for the food, then yeah. Actually, no that that is a point that I was going to bring up: the prevalence of food in certain kinds of shows. You mentioned Hannibal, mm-hmm. also in a lot of Japanese shows, for example, Attacking no Shogun, Food Wars, yeah. or um, even like a lot of the Studio Ghibli, Ghibli. Oh, yeah, Ghibli, Ghibli, God, Ghibli. their food, yeah. God, this was so good. How anything with Houseman Castle spirited away, they're just such good food animations. And it's like it's an interesting thing that you don't really come across as much, I think, mm-hmm. in the West, as opposed to I mean Hannibal, I grant you. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's like the main point of the show. It's never in the background you would go like, Ooh, these foods look so delicious. And I think I think I think again that comes back to a lot of the um a lot of the kind of world building they do. It's like the world around the characters live, you like by it looking so good, you always step more into their shoes. And it really does look really good. That's the thing, like, I'm looking at, like, just some black and white outline. It's not even coloured in, but it's just like... <laughs> yeah. mm. The shading is like, oh, it's like, oh, yeah, man. That tart looks delicious. Oh, and if I could make it, well, like, some sort of facsimile of it. But... <laughs> well, I was actually debating that. Like, I wish I had more time. I was debating to try and make it before we recorded this podcast, like, the tart. But I was like, no, I have another time <laughs> for that. We do, like, a review. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I think I found overall is... Well, the thing I appreciated overall is that the attention to detail is really there. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like as I say before, I had assumed it was going to be we kill this kind of meat and garnish it with maybe a few plants we find along the way. Yeah, exactly. But how in yeah. depth they go in the the resourcing steps, the cooking oh God, yeah. and preparation steps. Yeah, it's really insane, and obviously, like it almost like verges on molecular gastronomy in some points. That it's like it's crazy. It really does, actually. Yeah, when it, yeah. when you're looking at, I don't know, they make the the crust for a tart out of the like skin of a plant. Like it's not edible, but it gives the impression of a tart or something like that. Exactly, exactly. Or like more, yeah, yeah, yeah. Using like the gelatin and stuff like that. So maybe maybe not quite like like astronomy, but it's pretty, it's pretty like you know, 
It's a very good meal, <laughs> cooked in a very unusual way. It looks like if you were served that in a restaurant, it would be like, oh, yes, this is fancy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I always I always get thought of it, especially when they were doing the plant leaves and stuff. I always thought of it like uh, when the cooking idea ed- 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 started to like, like in Hannibal and they wrap it in the banana leaves and the clay. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, man, it comes out of the oven and you're like, oh, I really want to eat that like, <laughs> really want to eat it. What's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like I'm genuinely hungry. I know that's a man's thigh, but I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, it's the same sort of thing. Like this is a crude drawing of a chicken snake thing. But <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's actually a battle-esque god. <laughs> and it's technically a snake-chicken thing, because the snake's the main bit of it. In the original Japanese translation. <laughs> yeah. I do appreciate the translation versions you can get, because mm-hmm. I would have been stuck without them. Yeah, Jesus Christ, no. I know some people will learn Japanese to read the mangas, but no. It's not for me. Again, yeah, I'm terrible at languages anyway, so I can't really... <laughs> we can barely speak English, I mean, come on! That is true. <laughs> that is very true. But yeah, I really did enjoy the comic, and I am going to go and read more of it as well. Fantastic, man. I'm probably going to try and get more people into it using that yeah. using that as an entry point, because I do think it is very good for breaking down the preconceived notions of what manga can be. Absolutely. The, those notions have gone away a lot recently, and I feel like the problem is a lot of people got into manga with like Naruto and a lot of uh, shonen type stuff, so a lot of like boys' comics okay, yeah. uh, for like teenagers, and that's what people are going to represent entirely with manga. Meanwhile, you get a whole swath of manga just like just like comics aren't all superhero comics not all mangas are shonens and that's sort of like yeah there's a whole breadth and depth to them that people don't appreciate and Delicious Dungeon is a good you're right entry point to that yeah because it does it does completely knock down any sort of barrier you might have thought about like oh it's going to be about schoolgirls about noticing <laughs> or having been noticed by senpai like no it's just people cooking interesting food in interesting ways <laughs> yeah yeah, which is yeah, which is how it should be. Look, that's an interesting premise with an interesting premise on top. Perfect. Going back to the Dungeons and Dragons things, I wouldn't be surprised if the premise for this came about, like you said, from a D and D session, and like the guy DMing it was just sort of like, "You're going to do what? I'm going to cook and eat all the animals and the thing." Oh no, I hadn't planned for this. Yeah, almost a hundred percent sure that's how it happened. And then he like spent ages awake going like, "How could I have done that better?" And started planning out, like, a lore tome out, or, like, the bestiary, and just started planning out how you can cook all the animals. And then eventually that became the manga. Like an adventure zone, if Magnus just suddenly <laughs> starts chowing down on some of these worms. <laughs> like, oh no. That's exactly it, that's exactly it. They can have, uh, he can cook the baby worms and the mother worm together. <laughs> it garnished with some crystals. I don't know, I'm trying to pull references from adventure zone now. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, it's over, it happened, don't worry. Well, they've still got the live shows, actually, so I'm okay with that. I don't want the balance arc to end, I just didn't. <laughs> I might cut this bit out, because it's completely irrelevant. <laughs> That's fine, we'll cut, we'll cut, we'll cut, we'll cut, we'll, we'll cut this bit out, and we'll cut the rant about, about otakus out, because I feel like alienate half the audience. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I, I'm going to keep that in, because it's, I think, I, I was saying it more disparagingly against myself. Mm-hmm. That's fair, I, that's fair. I, I maintain it's my it's my problem that I'm trying to deal with. Uh, okay, yeah, I can take that, I can take that. Like, they are completely in the right to be like, I like this thing. Yeah. And I really like this thing. And I'm wrong for going, eh, weirdo, yeah, give me yeah. your lunch money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely in the wrong, but... Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Yeah. Okay, so I think, in summary... Um, how would you say, actually, just as a summary, now we've talked about it, it's because it is one of my favourite mangas, though that isn't saying very much. <laughs> Still, it's a compliment. Yeah, but I suppose, how does it stack up in your estimations, given that you, you know a lot more about that world? A lot a lot is an understanding, but yeah, it's, uh, in my estimations, it just is basically a really, really solid manga that I highly enjoyed. 
it it picks it picks a semi interesting premise that could have been incredibly shallow, but it just runs with it with such a depth and enthusiasm that you can't help but not fall in love with the world and fall in love with the characters' journeys purely because they are all into this concept. There's like no trying to dumb it down, no trying to palm it off. They're just completely committed to cooking and eating the monsters, and it's so enjoyable because of it. That is true. The um the passion that the characters have is mm-hmm. infectious. It is mm-hmm. sort of like like I want to. I'm going to find a dungeon and I'm going to start killing and cooking things as well. Yeah, and it just really, it just gets you, like, it just sucks you in. And that's what I really enjoyed. So yeah, so if you're, if you're ever curious about any kind of manga at all, that's a good kind of entry point so you can see what the series is. Because it's very relatable to kind of like a standard hero kills the dragon with a bit of a twist on it. And then if that gets you interested in the format, uh, because of the characters, the world, whatever, then there are hundreds of other mangas that you can then dive into because of it. Nice. In the notes for the podcast, I will mm-hmm. be putting like any further recommendations that you have. Mm-hmm. If you have any that just you'd like to uh, say off the top of your head now, we can put it in. I guess I'll stick in. I'll stick in Master Key in as a recommendation of uh, of more sort of like if you enjoyed the kind of either moments where they're kind of walking through this big abandoned dungeon, or you enjoyed the characterization. I'll put in Master okay. Key in as a good kind of like part two because it's set it's set more in the modern world, but it does a lot with its characters. And has a lot of intrigue and action mix of characterization, so quite similar kind of feel to it, I found. Okay. That's an interesting I'm gonna make a note of that one then. Master Keaton. Yeah, Master Keaton. And I'll um I'll I'll send a link that you can put in the show notes and I'll see if yeah, I can it'll find it. It'll all be in the else. show notes, yeah. Yeah. Okie dokie. So that's one and then we'll they'll there'll be more in the show notes then. Yeah. Okie dokie. So yeah, Dungeon Meshi. Mm-hmm. Dungeon Yeshi. <laughs> So for your half, uh, for, for your half of this podcast, you you also recommended something to me that I may or may not enjoy, based semi semi tangentially related to Delicious and Dungeon. So I I was then I was then recommended the Netflix series Zumbo's Just Desserts. Now the reason the reason I suggested that I should be honest is because I had just completely assumed you'd watch Taki No Shogun. <laughs> I, I I fully admit that is a better choice to have made. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I just we're, assumed you would have seen. We're, it. we're drawing unique parallels, or uh, or yeah. the, we have the only podcast in the world where Zumbo's just desserts and Dungeon Meshi have been talked about in the same episode. It is a niche. But God damn it, we're going to own that demographic. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Zumbo's, yes, Zumbo's just, just desserts. You recommended that to me. All. All twelve episodes, all available on Netflix. Would you mm-hmm. Would you like to sort of sort of run me through the kind of basic plot, I guess, or the summary of some of the of the show? Because I feel it's different. There's not really a story, but it's more of a yeah. Well, it is a typical. It's like any sort of cookery contest yeah. show. So it's um, but it's based around desserts. It's hosted by uh, Adriano Zumbo, who's the owner um, of a very shiny head. Owner of a very shiny head and several yeah. restaurants. Um, <laughs> Secondary well, business. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's done up sort of like an Australian Willy Wonka sort of thing. So there's, uh, I think, 12 contestants? Yes, yes, there are 12 originally. Yeah, so there are 12 contestants, and they each week have to prepare a dessert to the specification that the presenters set. Mm-hmm. And then the two weakest have to recreate one of Adriano Zumbo's creations. Yes. And then whoever does the worst has to leave. <laughs> and essentially, they just whittle it down. They have interesting premises. They have different... Uh, first week, it's like make a pudding that represents you. Maybe yeah. One week, it'll be make a pudding that make, represents a fa- your favourite fairy tale or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I actually I actually, just finished watching the last episode um, yesterday, so I'm still oh, like yeah. on the buzz. Like I think <laughs> at like 11pm yesterday, I got the last one done. I, one thing I noticed that I thought was quite interesting is like after like episode two, 
the quality of the cooking just jumps exponentially higher. Yeah, I know. Like, I was going to say about I was like, I wasn't... For the first, like, two or three episodes, my notes were, like, really harsh for them. Like, like, like I literally wrote down, I want to punch everyone. Oh, God. Yeah. They get onto the people individually. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, what's, um... Where's the one? Uh, da, 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 da. Daniel? Is it Daniel? No, no, no. I wrote, I wrote, I wrote an interesting note that I can't find now, because, of course, I can't. Oh, no. Oh, that was it. I wrote, uh, so what I wrote, cooking, cooking to Zumbo's brief. Better or worse than cooking Zumbo's briefs? <laughs> so, so I clearly, my mind wandered a little bit while I was watching the first couple of episodes. Nice. Sweet, sweet briefs. <laughs> to cook Zumbo's panties. So, <laughs> no, we promised we wouldn't get into this. Damn those cooking oh, no, shows no, no. and their stereotypes of hentai. <laughs> we can't escape. That's the link. That's the link we're using. <laughs> uh, so I was, um, so yeah, so I was sort of... So, so the first two episodes, I kind of was my brain was wandering. It wasn't really that great. Some were good, some were bad. But you're right, it just jumps after episode two or three. And by like episode seven, I was super fucking into it. It was really <laughs> weird. Like I got dragged in. It just hooked me, and I was so invested into the final. I was like, oh god, I hate this. Why? What's become of me? Well, that's the thing. I've got a slight confession to tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, when I suggested this to you, mm-hmm. I had only watched from episode four mm-hmm. because um, Amy, my my girlfriend, was yeah. watching it, and I sort of just sort of wandered in halfway through it like oh and i got really invested <laughs> yeah and i thought I'll, I'll go back and i'll watch the first few episodes no, they're, thought, gash. Oh, no. they're absolute gash <laughs> <laughs> i mean the only thing that got me through that was watching peter yeah just seeing how <laughs> yeah. terrible he was yeah it's just comments like peter peter is the kind of uh he has like a really slick haircut. He's a car salesman. He was quite arrogant. He kind of came yeah. on and he was like, "Oh, if I discovered cooking earlier in life, would it change the world?" And he just fucking gets knocked out in the first two episodes. I mean, his thing is that he can't set gelatin. <laughs> yeah. Everything he makes falls apart. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, one of the things, like his pudding falls apart in episode one. He scrapes through by the skin of his teeth. And then in episode two, they have uh, like Gigi, who's like a fully qualified <laughs> professional chef mm-hmm. who is there to just tell them what time mm-hmm. it is. But that's I never understood. Yeah. Gigi's role like this bugged me like I'm like you could have easily not had her in there she just comes along and goes yeah. like how are you doing for about 20 seconds per hour long yeah. episode and she's like a fully qualified chef yeah. like, really overqualified for the job of going three hours left <laughs> and that's about it yeah. yeah like in the first episode they show her like cooking this massive cake or like how she's like this Brazilian like wonder star and she just shows yeah. up and just goes like yeah right like oh we have this much time remaining it's like such a waste of talent but the point is she's worth it for that one scene in episode two mm-hmm. where she goes over to Peter and he says i'm gonna make the pavlova and i'm gonna mix the cream yeah into yeah it. yeah with the lemon just, her reaction of like but it's not gonna set <laughs> like, the exact thing that happened last week is gonna happen again he's <laughs> just like nah I've, I've got this i've got this yeah so fucking but cocky the best thing about him in the first episode though especially considering as i say i started watching episode four mm-hmm. like, as soon as he comes in well, well i don't remember you so you're clearly not very good <laughs> but his um in his introduction where he's like i'm a car salesman yeah but he's, he's like i don't even think about cars i just think about baking like you've just done yourself out of your business now that you yeah exactly back to now. exactly you're a terrible car salesman and then it's when he's like well what would you do with the ten thousand dollars like oh that, that'll go towards my new kitchen and i was like just <sighs> like oh so yes yeah, so i was very happy he got knocked out it was quite funny like seeing um the first episode we had this like at the at the end of them cooking their dessert they then go into those zumbo tests the two worst ones which yeah. is this just ridiculous like it's basically like it's it's like a big dick in a locker room it just whomp on the table <laughs> and it's just ridiculously complex I, sorry, dessert hmm? big dick in a locker room <laughs> i didn't just make that. that exact comparison just, just, just yes. write that note down that could be the title <laughs> of our episode 
<laughs> but it's a uh, but yeah, so it's like as horrendously complicated as are, and the one they have on the first episode is this multi-layered, almost looks like a elongate pearl egg-shaped type thing. And it's like multi-layered, like a dragon egg, but f- <laughs> yeah, pretty much like yeah. five different layers. In yeah, thank you, dragon egg, and, and then like... like a reflective glaze on the top, like perfectly done. Mm. And then Peter just hands up this like it's not like formed properly, so it's like lumpy, and it's like a pile <laughs> covered in reflective glaze. <laughs> I felt so bad. And he still wins. Yeah, he still wins I don't know how he did that because. The, well, no, because the other one didn't even glaze the whole thing. Yeah. It looked like something I pull out of the shower drain, whacked <laughs> yeah. on a biscuit. Yeah, I felt pretty bad for all of them. I mean, Wendy was, um, she was the one who got eliminated first. Yeah, she was. And I could see why. She was so quirky. Well, that's the thing. Like, she's like, I'm really quirky. I'm just really into art. I'm really out there. Like, do a pudding that reflects yourself. Okay, here's apple pie a la mode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the most basic dessert in the world. Yeah, I'm not going to pick anything else. I'll put else. some cinnamon in it. Oh! <laughs> oh! Heston's arrived. <laughs> cinnamon, you say? <laughs> She'll be using nutmeg next. <laughs> but it was like, you've literally gone against the brief. Yeah, like, it was just... She yeah. seemed like a more competent chef until the Bake Off thing. But oh, God. yeah, yeah. She, she liked to play it safe. But yeah, I, I think I'm just going to jump into just slagging off all of the contestants that I didn't like. Well, that's fine, that's fine. We... Or like, I can just like, like Irene. Irene's all right. However, I think, I don't know if they cut it intentionally, which like, it went immediately from, in episode one, like her going, well, I'm an extreme perfectionist. Yeah. So, like literally next cut. Oh, I've cut my finger. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no. Irene, 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 Irene was the one that wanted to please her father, wasn't she? I can't remember. Oh, God. Just yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, that, that was, was her, like, yeah. Was like that was story. so depressing. I know, right? Where's the notes? Like, it gets real. Like yeah. it's sort of like, oh, look, wonderful. It's sort of like, ooh, turn on your machines. It's got wonderful wacky colours yeah, everywhere. It's such a downer. Like, My dad never really appreciated like, <laughs> yeah. the choices I made in life. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Perhaps, per- perhaps if I win Zumbo's Bake Off, he'll hug me once. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jesus fuck. All right. It's like it's not watching a cooking show. Calm down. <laughs> oh, and Daniel. Mm, I, oh. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering. I was wondering. You mentioned like slagging off the contestants. I was like, did you do Daniel first or last? <laughs> Good point. We can't put him in the middle. No, 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 no. no, no. We'll, put, we'll put him in the middle. You've mentioned him now. We can't like backtrack. Okay, da- on yeah, this. Daniel. He just loves himself so much. He's the fucking worst. As when he like got eliminated, he got um, like obviously mm. spoiler warning, but he got he got knocked out by Kate in episode what nine, I think. And he got he got knocked out by Kate, and it was like at the end, he so fully loves himself, he just can't accept failure and if it fails it's not his fault and then when Kate like knocks him out he's like he's like Kate Kate didn't beat me I beat me <laughs> and I was just like oh, I'm gonna vomit the only person mouth. who could beat me is me yeah and it flexes and it's just he's like, flexing all the time or just sort of like yeah. oh I'm gonna lift this thing but show off the guns him so much he's just like was such an ass I, I thought, he described himself as I think it was something like like he does progressive cuisine mm-hmm. and he's like I'm I'm like a combination of yeah. Heston and some. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he has like all these technical skills and like a gastronomy. And it's when he like slags off normal cooking, like, oh, she must get her recipes from Housewives Weekly. To me. <laughs> You're in a baking contest. The bit with Daniel where he makes like liquid hydrogen to make his ice cream. Liquid nitrogen, Jesus, he, come on, liquid, get with it. Well, liquid hydrogen, fair point. <laughs> that's wrong. <laughs> Yeah, when he makes uh, ice cream with liquid nitrogen and then puts Fruit Loops and everything in it, and he's like, "Yeah," walks up, and then Zumbo goes, "I can't taste it." Yeah, that was the oh. funniest thing. He was just so proud of himself. It was Take that hubris. It was so good, and like every time he get knocked down, he's like, "I'm, I'm confused. I don't know why they didn't think I was the next Jesus. I just don't know." Oh, God. But it's like, oh god, like what was it? Um, with yeah, with the like, Michael Gaston stuff, he'd always have this like super complex method. 
and be like, oh, I just created this like intr- this really complex dish with liquid nitrogen, yada yada, and I put Fruit Loops in it. Like, <laughs> like you could just like put something good. Like, why are you taking the most processed food and processing it more? <laughs> oh yeah, I remember the the editing where he was making the ice cream was a bit odd because it was just like lots of like sunshine lollipops and everything like that and then like a weird, like, dubstep yeah. a dubstep break yeah. when he's pouring in the liquid nitrogen yeah it was like oh the producers clearly needed to get a shot of that for rings <laughs> and so when, well, I actually I actually made a note that I was like the first episode the editing reminded me a lot of like the first X-Men movie with like all the quick cuts and spans and all that it was like it was a really apt parallel <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's a show that needs to grow. I think, I yeah, think. absolutely. And it does it it does develop throughout the, sh- the, sh- the show. If it gets a second season, I will eat my own face. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Point. But the um, I think um, that is pretty much me done for a lot of the annoying contestants. I think. Uh, did I have anyone else? I think the only only one else that annoyed me was. So it was when Ashley like uh, he submitted his first dessert and he described it as whimsical. I just almost threw up in my own mouth. <laughs> I don't know actually because the show is mm-hmm. whimsical to be fair yeah it, in its setting at the very least we'll, we'll get onto the setting in a second i had my comments on that <laughs> <laughs> okay fair enough yeah uh, i suppose the only the only thing i remember from the intro as well mm-hmm. is maybe because i'm not into the cooking scene <laughs> but it's when everyone everyone walked in and went oh, that's rachel Koo. yeah i know adriano zumbo I the same thing gigi <laughs> it was just sort of like I've literally never heard of any of those people. Yeah, yeah, literally the same thing. It's probably because we're not Australian or into the cooking shows or like, yeah, it's like the other side of the world, literally. I mean, the other thing for me was, as I say, I started on episode four. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't get that introduction, Gigi just sort of is there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, it's just a woman who's just telling the time. Yeah, that's, that's literally it. Like, uh, like, 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 I was, I was, I was thinking last night, I was having this conversation with, uh, with Kelly, my partner, and... She was just kind of saying, she was just saying, like, yeah, she's just there to be pretty. And it seemed like I couldn't really disagree with it. Like, she, no, didn't, she, she didn't really seem to add anything to it. It's because there was no opportunity for her to. Yeah. Like, like, they could have mentioned, like, oh, Gigi helped me make this in the Zumbo test, but then you couldn't because that would ruin the, you know, illusion of the Zumbo yeah. test. I suppose because once you get past, like, Gigi goes up and tells Wendy and Peter they're terrible chefs. It's just so funny. God, that's good. Then that's like. That that is good because like they need help. Yeah, they need Gigi's help. But once like even like Patricia gets knocked out, oh third, god, yeah, and she's god, fine. Yeah. She's all right. Mm-hmm. Like like she's to the point where like I reckon I'm a better chef than Peter. <laughs> but then she then Patricia's immediately way above me. So then like suddenly it's like oh they're all fairly competent. Yeah, exactly. I don't exactly. Have anything to do now? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like she just ends up getting. Um blown out uh, well not blown out of the water but like the, there's nothing to teach you without been cooking the district myself yeah pretty much yeah it's just kind of a bit of a shame but right 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 so I want to get onto the whimsical candy land aesthetic it has so they yeah. walk into the dessert factory and they sort of mm-hmm. have a it's kind of like they try to make it like a whimsical dessert factory type thing where it's got lots of like bright carpets all the cooking stations are bright Zumbo's shoes yeah <laughs> Zumbo's crocs so, so they uh, so they come in and they got this like you know bright candle light aesthetic and it's got like the bright cooking stations and it's got all the all, all the Woolworths TM groceries in the background which are oh, yeah, yeah they clearly paid a lot of money for that which are like bright and all around they have like a setup being like what today's theme is but then they've got this huge fucking industrial clock in the background that you would expect to see at like 1984 just sat there and then like the stations when they power them up it is really loud electrical noise yeah and i was getting this like undertone of this is almost like um sweeney todd's just desserts like that's kind of what it <laughs> felt like like there was this industrial undertone that was just like under the surface like there's people in these um in these cakes 
And yeah, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of got on a bit of a tangent. Like I was like, okay, is there an alternate universe where like you have um, Zumbo's just desserts, but it's like convicted prisoners? So they're coming into the dessert factory, and uh, and each of the contestants cooks them a, a dessert based on one of the past crimes or one of their um, or someone they hurt, and then they kind of go through that and become better, like you know, a sort of um, sort of an Ebenezer Scrooge type thing. Make a pudding that best describes your first victim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they go through that each and every time, and then they finally get to Zumbo, and it's the Zumbo test to decide if they become better or not. And if they and if they and if they, and if they pass the Zumbo test, they get to eat the dessert, which has the antidote, because they've had twelve parts of a lethal <laughs> injection in the previous pits. <laughs> How did you get that from the whimsical Aussie was, Aussie Willy Wonka? It was all the electricity sounds and the big industrial clock. It just sparked off a Sweeney Todd type thing, and then I was like, "How else can I? How how deep can this rabbit hole go?" <laughs> There is some weird foley work in there, yeah, like super weird. When they've clearly sort of gone like, okay, well they're whipping some eggs at the moment, so let's just <laughs> add in like a sort, like a yeah sort of thing. Fucking amateur, listen to this. Okay. So, listeners, you can vote which was more unpleasant, that noise or my joke about the the uh, empty armor before the living armor. That was pretty. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, oh my god, I've, I've, I'm just looking through my notes again, and we have to go back to the bit where they do the eggs or the, or the dragon egg thing in episode one because yeah. the look Zumbo gives them <laughs> when he's just like here's my recipe and then they give him like some snot on a rock <laughs> because like the whole point yeah. is like he's called apparently like the patissier of pain or like the dark lord of desserts and he's like he's just super like friendly the whole time mm-hmm. yeah and the dark lord of desserts <laughs> like sort of yeah. like <laughs> You're not. Yeah. But even at that point, that's like the only part part where like the mask slips a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, he like, looks like he's about to just like, shove it on the floor. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> you could have just barfed on the plate and it would have been better. I'm only going to give you a six out of ten for this. <laughs> yeah, I know. They started like like Wendy. I got a three, and I was like, that's generous. Well, no, yeah. Wendy got six out of twenty. Peter got eleven out of twenty. <laughs> he got fifty five percent. Yeah, like I'm like really like it was the lumpiest. Like, oh my god, it was horrible. That's a D. Yeah, <laughs> that's a passing grade in places. Welcome, welcome to the public school system. <laughs> so yeah, the, 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 I did like um, how the Zumbo test just kept getting a bit more and more and more elaborate. Like, yeah. uh, what was what was the one that caught my eye? It was the the hat trick one. That oh, the floating yeah, the hat. floating hat that they then was with hot chocolate, and it was like a Mexican dish in a gobstopper on like a yeah. cone, and I was like. This looks awful, but great, but awful, but great. And I think my mind kept flipping between the two, and I couldn't quite decide. It's like a pudding, but it's like with a corn shell with a bit of salsa in there. Like, what the? Yeah, like, what are this? you making? And then it's like, yeah, like, they just get so intense and crazy. But then when some of the contestants pull it off perfectly. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, after, like, episode two, yeah. where Peter leaves. Like, <laughs> he was the real problem. Like, but, like, even, like, the hat one, I think, was, like, was that Kate and Mickey? Mickey the Bricky. Wait, I, I, uh, I, 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 I lost a substantial amount of interest once Mickey the Bricky left. I really like Mickey the Bricky. <laughs> he was really yeah, funny. Was yeah, he's so sweet and cute. I was like, oh. But like the, um, like even like the worst thing, I think was like Kate put the band on the wrong way around, so it was like not oh, yeah. flush with the, with the, with the brim. I felt bad for and Kate. That was, yeah, Kate was my favourite. Yeah. Uh, she did that a couple of times where she like meant to do the presentation and just mucked it up at the last second. But I quite like it. So like, ah, it'll taste fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. And it was. She knocked out like five people, so like half the competition out. Well, she won. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But she directly in the Zumbo test knocked out four people and then won. That's the 
Oh, sorry, is, yeah, I see what you mean, because like, it's like, cause, like she won, but she was like in five Zumbo tests. Yeah, so she properly just like destroyed everyone in those tests. <laughs> like she was doing bad on purpose in the first round, just so she could have a go. I want to make a floating hat, yeah. Yeah, let's do this. Ah! Zumbo! Oh, what was the, um... Oh, that was it. The, the, chil- the episode with the children, or the Zumbinos. <laughs> yeah, oh god, that was so... I forgot about Zumbinos, yeah. I could like block that out of my mind. <laughs> No, the reason I liked that was because some of those kids were brutal. I know, right? They were so honest. Because, like, everything was, like, like with the, even with Peter's, like, pudding that fell apart, it was sort of like, all your flavours are there, but it's just not held together. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, the kids are just like, I don't like that one, it's too sweet. <laughs> yeah. That was Brogan's and then, like, one. Brogan just, like, daggers her from across the room. <laughs> like, sort of like, oh. The only, the only reason I'm not over there is because you're, you're a minor. Yeah. <laughs> you wait till you're 18. I'll remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there with a shiv. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that was that was actually pretty good. Not gonna lie, I did enjoy just how like arbitrary they were as well. Like, oh, too much chocolate. <laughs> yeah, like it's like I've made a wonderful whimsical mushroom out, like a perfectly glazed mushroom. That's a whole thing as a cake, or like there's a load of it's got like ice cream st- cones sticking out of it, but it's all edible like cake. And it's just sort of like mm-hmm, I don't quite like it. <laughs> I, I I don't know if I was ever that calm as a kid, just sort of like, I'm going to rationally think about how I feel about this cake and I wouldn't just be like, ah, oh, sweet cake. <laughs> were you saying were you saying you were you were never a Zumbino growing up? I was never a Zumbino, no. <laughs> Where's my parade? You know, you, you know, you know, you know the scriptwriter that wrote that is clearly just like, yeah. <laughs> like he was just like it was his day's like high point. <laughs> oh so yeah, I think Overall, like that's I didn't want to make notes for all twelve episodes oh God, no. it would it would get boring. Yeah. But like just having that conversation, I was surprised how much I liked the film. I was, <laughs> the I was film surprised Zumbo how much the motion picture, <laughs> <laughs> the last Zumba ride, <laughs> Zumbo Redemption, like. Zumbo Judgment Day, <laughs> World War Z, but it means Zumbo. <laughs> the show I liked the show and I was surprised how much I liked it as well I think it also helps that I I like accents and when I was watching it I was just riffing on everything in an Aussie accent yeah that's fair I can't I can't do an Australian accent so I was like I'm riffing it in my head oh I couldn't I couldn't I can't do an Australian accent but I was just constantly whenever something went went wrong like oh no I like a bad Australian accent you gotta find your entertainment where I can especially during episode one and two <laughs> but yeah the um I genuinely think it's just an enjoyable show to watch because it's really light-hearted and everyone's really friendly most of the time. There's banter between. Yeah, them, I think so. That's like I think Daniel's the only real no, dick, and apart from once that, Dan's yeah. gone, well, no, Dan's actually quite late. But like, other than Dan, everyone's usually quite friendly. Yeah, it's true, and they support each other and stuff. And it's like, oh, ah, you can do it. Like, there's and there's never anything like. I was watching out some other cookery shows, and like, usually it's like, ah, oh, like. You have a shared pantry and everyone's fighting. Yeah. Over, like, you took all the chorizo and I need to now, I'm going to take all the eggs. And that literally, I was positive that was going to happen. At yeah, some yeah, point. yeah. No, everyone's sort of like, there's enough butter for everyone. That's not what we're testing here. My but, God, Zumbo Zumbo is just desserts as a metaphor for communism. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> trying to sell us at a young age. Your sweet sensations task is to make a pudding that best reflects the bourgeoisie. <laughs> Did they do Zumbo test? The correct answer is a big vat of poison. <laughs> <laughs> Today for the Zumbo Task we study the complete work of Karl Marx. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, I'm running low on communist references to riff on. That's, that's <laughs> alright. That's alright. We'll, th- we'll think of them together equally. Uh, okay. <sighs> Moving on. 
<laughs> yeah, so I think yeah, so I think it was almost just dessert. It was mainly I think at the Bushy Bolsheviks. Sorry. <laughs> <sighs> okay. We're good. Anyway, We're sorry. good. <laughs> oh. So I don't think I have uh it was just dessert. It was just a case of like, yeah, like Kremlin brulee. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go good. So it's like that kind of sort of brings us to the end of the sort of summary of the show. Yeah, I think so. And it, I, I appreciate it was an odd choice given what you came to me with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like the cooking theme worked well and it was two very different ways to almost approach um, food yeah. and love of cooking. Yeah, that's the thing. Because like one of them is like an experimental look at how you could get food in a dungeon. One of them's sort of an experimental look at how you can make puddings in a weird factory. <laughs> but they, they are both... They have a real, I think, love and appreciation for food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of like, I think, where the link almost is. Is It's just different mm. ways to represent your love of food. And if you just don't like manga, then clearly it's a... <laughs> then, yeah, then, yeah, then obviously, like, you need other ways to express that. And some just desserts, I feel, almost fills that void in a weird way. Yeah, that's a fair point. And the, um, well, the, the one question I have that I think would link it quite well is, um, mm-hmm. who do you think, out of the Zumbo contestants would fare the best in the dungeon in dungeon machine <laughs> oh i haven't considered that oh mm. i really consider this daniel would die pretty soon i know that but he's got those gains though he has those he does gains. sustain his body and i don't think he would like it's true he'd wither and die. yeah yeah yeah. and you saw how anally was like with the the shards of the sweetener leaves when he had to put that on his uh, cake he tried like four times and, you know kate was just like right we can't do this done he would like trigger a trap and he would die like so fast <laughs> Kate would do yeah, well. Yeah, Kate, Kate would do super well. No nonsense. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a specific kind of bio, no nonsense, mom. Brogan would just suffer from the lack of sugar. Yeah, Brogan would. There's no no chance. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to... Hmm, hmm, hmm. We can agree Peter would be the one. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like... I was, I, I was, I was trying to... That. Peter, is, Peter and Wendy are that couple who get eaten by the man-eating plant. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> it's definitely... Fear. Next time I'm going to... That's definitely Peter and Wendy. Or like Peter, or like Peter who goes like, I'm the best and just pulls out a mandrake and dies. <laughs> yeah, I probably, I probably... I probably would go with Kate. Like, I think Kate, Kate would definitely be the best because she'd have the kind of bish-bash-bosh attitude of this isn't working, move on to the next thing. Which I feel in an ecosystem is complex. That is true, yeah. That is. I'm still on the idea of Shishi just going Peter. That's a really risky thing you're about to do there. No, I think <laughs> pulls out the mandrake and dies. <laughs> Shunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Peter. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I do think Kate would probably win it again because she's got that Classic sort of like Peter. just get it done sort of. Mickey would make a good effort as well. Yeah, Mickey, Mickey the Bricky would be grand. Like Mickey, Mickey the Bricky wouldn't. He wouldn't survive the dungeon. He would fucking thrive. Hands down. Like, he could live in that dungeon. No problem. Because he's got the construction skills. He can just make a house. That's true. Yeah, he just... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he'd be... Like, I think he'd be fine with that. So, yeah. So, I think it's a... I think it's a tie between Kate and Mickey the Rookie. Yeah, I... mm, I'm going to go with Kate, but it's a close... They'd work well as a team. Oh, yeah. I didn't consider that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they formed a party... They 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 could form a party. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah, Oh, Zumbo... Zumbo would totally be less. Because he'd have the curiosity of eating the animals. And then Mickey the Bricky would come in as almost like Chilluck, because he comes yeah. in with kind of the lone worker, wants to do his own thing. And then Kate would probably be Marcel or Senshi, like a combination of the two. Yeah. I'd say Senshi from that sort of, just sort of like, ah, let's get it, come on. Yeah. We can all exactly, do that. Exactly, exactly do that attitude. That's a, that's, a, that's a winning party right Yeah, there. I think so. I think we could do that. All right. So if, uh, so, 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 so the creators of uh, Dungeon Meshi and... Is Rachel Koo going to be Farron? 
<laughs> yes, yes, she will. <laughs> so if the creators, if the creators of uh, of Delicious in Dungeon and um, and just desserts would like to give us a ring to help us work through the initial script, we'd be more than happy to for the live action movie. We'll work for a reasonable. Fee. Exactly, all of it. <laughs> Zumbo Meshi. Delicious in Zumbo. Or Zumbo in Dungeon, perfect. We're going, we're going back to the sex thing now. <laughs> is this a good place to end it? <laughs> I think it is a good place to end it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Okie dokie. Well, we've reached the end of episode three. A bit of a rambly episode, but. <laughs> Petit Poo. <laughs> I've really enjoyed really enjoyed talking oh, about it. Because yeah, yeah, it was super, it's it was been super a, fun. It's been a bit of a more comical episode than the other ones. <laughs> yeah, a lot less serious. Thank you, thank, thank you very much for inviting me on. It was actually really, really fun. I super enjoyed myself. Yeah, I mean, like, I, like I've said to everyone, um, I can have people on as often as I like, so maybe T- Taki no Shogun could be in the next Ooh, episode. Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no to that. A, few, a, a, a future episode, I'd be happy to be back. Yeah, I mean, we've got, let's, let's not spoil anything, but it's always a window we're going we're gonna to keep mm-hmm, open. The Zumbo window. <laughs> Oh, that's what <laughs> Anyhow, so the uh, I suppose, do you have anything that you'd like to promote while you're here? You got any... <laughs> Buy my book. Buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> you, I don't know. You do any juggling conventions? Uh, right? No, anything? no, no. I have, I have, I have, I, I, I have no shows. I have no shows or books on the go. Um, I don't know uh, why I even have to promote. Or anyone that you like. like uh, no, I think I pumped. Um, I think I pimped my uh, my my favorite my my favorite mangas enough today uh, and comics as well. No, I meant like if like. Um, mm-hmm. Kelly's doing anything, anything like that. <laughs> Cross promotion, nepotism, nepotism is a, a powerful force. In yeah, the industry. no, no, no. I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything. Um, of anything, of anything cross promotion or anything happening in me, in your Kelly's lives that would require promotion on a podcast. Fair enough. Well, thank you for joining me, and uh, thank you for listening to the uh, audience. Oh, one, one second. Sorry, 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 Rob. Uh, no Kelly, 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 Kelly wishes we wish to promote the death of fish for her PhD. The death of fish for her PhD. Oh, geek love, yeah, yeah. That's one thing. That's one thing I have to. I can like. I can promote as a weirdness. If I'm taking. If I'm taking the time to promote anything, uh, definitely, definitely, definitely a book myself and Kelly very much enjoyed is uh, Geek Love. It's a very little known book, but it's got to be the absolute weirdest book I've ever seen. It's about a freak show. So it's a freak show. It's a freak show circus. And it's about a family, a family of freaks. So the parents keep taking different chemicals while they're pregnant to produce stuff for the freak show and it's about them growing up together and having like a family relationship and the weirdness of the circus super weird but okay. super good okay, okay. I'll, it'll be in the show notes <laughs> thanks for the suggestion <laughs> you can edit that out if you want oh no no i'm keeping that in perfect yeah. perfect no worries no worries but yeah i'd highly i'd highly recommend that book much better than it sounds and super super weird okay okay well that's certainly something interesting i'm gonna keep yeah, that absolutely out. absolutely we can we can cover on a future episode if you like <laughs> <laughs> maybe well, no, but thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much for having me on. It was super, super enjoyable. I really, I actually really enjoyed myself. Really, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for being on as well. It's had a had a wonderful time, and that brings episode three to a close. I think Yay. so. Uh, from me, <laughs> so that's uh, from me and Milos. That's uh, thanks for listening and ta-ra. Bye. Bye.